All right, so we are in Daniel chapter 1, and we're not going to go through the whole chapter again, but I want to point out a few things in this chapter. Notice in verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, kind of what we're picking up here chronologically is right after the very last chapter of Second Chronicles, where it talked about how Jerusalem came and it was taken over. And during this time, Israel, after being in their land for a long time and having their own kings, they have been taken over, and many of them have been taken captive. And some of them mentioned in this story are Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These were uh, Jewish men that were very good men, that were very godly men, that loved the Lord, that were accustomed to the practices of the Jews, that were used to certain sacrifices and things being done. And in verse 2, you'll notice it says, And the Lord gave uh, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. So because they've been taken over, because the temple has been destroyed, and even their holy vessels have been stolen and taken to Babylon, the things that the Jews normally did, the part of their life and who they were, as a people and as a religion, it had ceased. It had stopped for a while. And it was, this was the judgment of God that was on them. God was judging Israel because of all their wickedness. And it was prophesied they were going to be in captivity for 70 years. And so here you have these young men who are good men. They're godly men. And they are at a time when things have dramatically changed for them. Things are way different than they were, were before. This is a major time of transition. And so as Jews, when things were good, they lived in a world where they had certain practices and certain customs that they were supposed to follow. There were certain things that they were not supposed to eat as Jews that God had commanded them. You don't eat these things. And so now everything's different. They're in a different land. They are not, uh, they're in a land that does not believe in their God, that does not follow their customs. They are in captivity. And they know we are probably going to be tempted and we are probably going to be asked to do some things that we're not supposed to do. Things that we've already determined we are not going to do. And so in verse 8, you'll notice it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel realizes that, you know what? We're in a bad time right now, but the things of God still apply in my life, and I'm going to try to follow these things the best I can, and I'm not going to defile myself with the king's meat. I'm not going to drink the wine that he drinks. And so at first, he makes a request. And we see Daniel, he was the type of man, he would make the request, he would try to handle things diplomatically if he could, but if it came down to, no, we're not going to work with you, we're going to kill you, we see later in his life that he determined, well, then you can go ahead and kill me, and he let him throw him in the lion's den. We all know that story. But Daniel, I love how the Bible says he purposed in his heart he was not going to defile himself. He knew this temptation was going to come, and so before the temptation came, he prepared his heart, he got himself all ready. He made the decision ahead of time. I'm not going to be defiled. I'm not going to do this thing. And you all, we read the story. We see how uh, he he uh, they allowed him to just eat the pulse and drink the water. And you know what? God blessed them. They were still fine. They were still healthy. He didn't need that meat. He didn't need that food that the king had. 
and God ended up blessing him. Why? Because he determined in his heart he was going to do the right thing. So it's a very well-known story. And what's interesting, though, is you could say, though, in the story, Daniel had plenty of excuses to just kind of set these things on the back burner for a while. It's like, you know, I know when we were in the land, I wasn't supposed to eat these things, but you got to understand, times are different now. We're in captivity now. The temple's not around anymore. We're in Babylon. If I don't do these things, I'm probably going to get killed. And, you know, if all of us, you know, we would have been there or even looking back, you know, I can see why Daniel did what he did. I mean, it wasn't really a good situation. I mean, are we really going to have a problem with what he eats? Because what about all those laws about the sacrifices and everything? Those weren't being done either. And you know what? Daniel couldn't help that those things weren't being done. But Daniel was able to help what he was able to do. And Daniel did the right thing. And I, and I want to preach on this because while we are in nothing even close to the situation that they were in right now, we are right now in a time of transition in our country where there's new leadership. And, you know, everything seems to be indicating that any change that is going to be made is probably not going to be good. And after 2020 and all the changes we saw there and all the terrible things that we saw, I think the reason that most of us maybe are a little anxious and a little concerned is because we're all wondering, are we going to be asked to do some things that go against our conscience? Because we are seeing, we are actively seeing censorship go on like crazy. We're constantly hearing that even just having certain political views that you're just like this terrible person that should be silenced. And especially if you have certain religious views that you're this terrible person that needs to be silenced. And the truth is, you know, none of us, you know, does any, I don't enjoy not being liked. Does anybody enjoy not being liked? I mean, there's a few jerks out there that I think like it, but you know, now, you know, don't get me wrong. I think that if there's, a, if there's a way to make something fun that's unpleasant, you ought to make it fun. And so if you see me having fun sometimes not being liked, that's just my way of coping, okay? I would prefer to be liked. But if I have to be disliked, I'm going to have a little bit of fun. And I'm sorry, uh, I, I can't help that. But I, I don't thrive on being hated or anything like that. But, you know, so you see all these messages that they're putting out. You know, you see, you know, our president putting a transgender, you know, as the head of the, you know, health department. It's just like, really? That can't be healthy, that lifestyle. I don't want to listen to him. You know, it's just, you know, it's really frustrating. And the thing is, even me just saying him is offensive. You know what? Did you know in some places it's illegal? In some countries it's illegal to misgender somebody? In other words, to not refer to their preferred gender? I'm sorry. I'm not playing that game. Okay? I quit playing pretend a long time ago. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you play pretend, you play these games, you know, you pretend you're superheroes and all this kind of stuff and, you know, that you can fly and do all these things. And some people never grew up and we've got some boys out there that still want to pretend that they're little girls, and the rest of us are supposed to honor it. You know what? I don't honor that. I don't play make-believe, okay? So, uh, and, I, and I'm considered a terrible person for that. But here's the thing. That goes against my conscience to call a man she or her. That, goes against, that, that violates my conscience to do something like that. 
I, if I'm asked to do that, I feel like I'm sinning, and I believe I am sinning. If I'm told that I have to affirm, and I have to honor, and I have to respect, you know, somebody who is of the same sex that's married, that goes against my conscience. I believe, and you know, and I'm not going to preach on that today, but I think it's really easy to prove that that's a sin and abomination, and it's not something that we should recognize, but yet we're told we need to do these things. We're constantly being told, churches have been told all this last year, you know, how they can run their services and when they, whether or not they can sing or whether or not they can have service. That goes against my conscience to do that. And so after seeing all the things that we've seen in the last year, many of us are sitting there wondering, what am I going to be asked to do? You know, am I going to be asked to give up my guns? Am I going to be asked to, you know, do this and do that? Am I going to be asked, you know, there's people out there and I, and I, I'm with them. I support that don't want to take a vaccination. And they're, they're wondering if they're going to be told you have to take this. They're wondering about that. They're wondering if they're going to have a choice. And so there's a lot of people that are, uh, maybe a little anxious about these things. And you know what? I don't blame anybody for wondering. And so the truth is, since we're in this time of transition, what you need to do right now is you need to start purposing some things in your heart ahead of time. You know, you don't want to wait until you're faced with a decision. You need to wait or you need to prepare yourself right now. And you got to figure out, all right, what am I plan? What am I willing to stand for? You know, what am I willing to die for? And so really this message I'm going to preach, it's kind of a long introduction with a short message at the end uh, when it, and, and kind of helping you when it comes to purposing some things in your heart. But it is, if we're going to do the right thing, it's very important that we plan on doing the right thing. You need a plan to do the right thing. It's not just going to naturally happen. Daniel purposed in his heart ahead of time because he saw a challenge coming. Daniel knew, he, he heard what the Babylonians were like. He knew what it was like over there, and he's thinking, man, we're going over to Babylon. We're probably going to be asked to do some things that we don't want to be, we don't want to do, that violate our conscience. And so he just, he made a decision ahead of time, said, we're not going to do this. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had already made a decision. We're not bowing down to that idol. You know, they knew they might have to die, but they had already decided ahead of time, you know what, that's fine. God, God can deliver us, but if he doesn't, you know, we're not bound to that image. And I, 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 I'm thankful for their example that, but I believe as Christians that we should regularly have a time of renewal of our mind where we determine in our hearts that we're just not going to do some things. That we just determine or where you determine we are going to do some things. And so the first thing though I want to talk about in this message though is what does it mean for us? And this is kind of so this is kind of the intro here, but what does it mean for us as New Testament Christians to be defiled? I think this is an important thing for all of us to understand because, you know, there are some things that in a way have changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And I think it's important that we understand these things so we can understand what it is that actually defiles us because I do believe even as New Testament Christians, we can defile ourselves. But it might look a little different than it did in the Old Testament. Now turn over to Acts chapter 10. Let me show you a good example that I think illustrates something here. This is a very important truth that you need to get a hold of. It says in Acts 10, 13, And there came a voice to him, talking to Peter, saying, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter's having this vision. He sees this sheet coming out with these unclean beasts. God tells him, kill and eat. But Peter said to God, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean, and the voice spake unto him again the second time, what God hath cleansed, 
that call not thou common. And I think this is really interesting because, again, the Jews, they had some pretty strict dietary laws. And so when Peter is asked to eat this unclean animal, he's thinking, I can't do that. I've never eaten anything. I've never eaten anything that's unclean. You know what? Peter, he had kept himself pure in his diet, according to those Jewish traditions. But we also know Peter was a sinner, wasn't he? You know, Peter had a lot of issues. Did, you know, did Peter's you know, kosher diet, did it give him the strength that he needed to not deny Christ three times and not get himself in trouble and run his mouth, all these things he did all the time? No, but that was something that he had done. And so God literally tells him, kill and eat. And he says, not so Lord, which is kind of weird too, because Lord, that means the boss. And he's, set, he's telling the boss, no. And it, it's because in his mind and in his conscience, at this time, he would have felt violated because this, you know, this, uh, diet, the dietary laws were a big deal. But here's the thing about the dietary laws that we should understand today as New Testament Christians. Not all of the dietary laws or even the ceremonial laws were so much about a clean body, but an obedient heart. That's what it was ultimately about. It was more about an obedient heart. That's why it says in Matthew 15 and verse 7, says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, The people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said to him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard that saying? You know why the Pharisees were offended? Because the Pharisees, they had a lot of these outward things down. You know, there were things that they never ate before. They could stand up and say, I've never eaten bacon one day in my whole life. And then they were able to lift themselves up as a result of that. But the truth is, you know, a lot of the customs and things they had, they had added to the scripture. Some of them caused them to violate the scripture. But either way, even when they were doing things right, their hearts weren't right. And you know what? God wasn't pleased with that. God God was not impressed. God didn't look at these people who had evil hearts that were all down on everybody else that rejected the message of Jesus Christ and say, well, you know what? I still think you're good because you never ate any pork. God wasn't impressed with that. You know what? Yes, you've taken a commandment. You've taken something that I've told you not to do. And you know what you've done? You've lifted yourself up with pride as a result of it, which is also a sin. And it would be like one of you or myself if I was to go and say, you know what? I, I'm 40 years old. And I've never tasted alcohol. Man, am I a good Christian. You know, it, okay, great. You know, that's good that I've never tasted alcohol. But you know what? I still sin because I have pride. It would still be sin if I'm saying that and acting like I've got a better chance of getting into heaven than the rest of you because I've never done that. That would also, uh, so I, yeah, I never committed that sin, but I'm still sinning, aren't I? And, and, and the re- real problem is, yes, I've never done that thing, but I've got a heart problem. And so the tr- at, the, at the end of the day, it's not so much what goes into the mouth of a person that defiles them because now you've just got bacon in your system or wine in your system or something like that. You know what the problem is, is you're disobedient. The problem is with your heart. And it, and when you have a bad heart, it manifests itself in many ways. 
And one of the ways is just disobeying God. And that's, that's bad. That's ultimately what defiles these people. And so these Pharisees, they were convinced they were good because of certain things in a checklist they had down. But Jesus could see their hearts and he wasn't impressed at all. And so when he, but when he tells them this, this is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. They were just offended by that because they were, they were obedient when it came to many ceremonial things. But the problem with them was they even went as far as adding to them while at the same time having a wicked heart. So Jesus wasn't teaching them here that there's, there was nothing that you could put in your mouth that would defile you, but it was actually what was in your heart that defiled you. Okay. So I, if I wanted, I could use this as an excuse to say, well, you know what? I'm not going to defile myself if I go drink some alcohol because it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. But here's the problem with that. It's not so much that a certain liquid substance passed my lips that defiled my body. You know what defiled me is the fact that I knew I shouldn't do that and I did it. It's the fact that I was disobedient. It's not like there's some magical ingredients in wine that just defile you. No, it's the disobedience that defiles you. And so I, there would be a big problem if I did that. So here's what you got to understand. In the Old Testament, certain sins or even violation of ceremonial things, it could make you ineligible to participate in certain rituals and practices. Some of the things could even get you excluded forever. You know, if, for example, if you came upon a dead body, there were certain things that you weren't able to do. You know why? Because you were considered unclean for the rest of, for the rest of that day. You know what, you know what you had done? You had defiled yourself and it, and because you were defiled, you were exempt from certain religious practices. Now in the New Testament, the blood of Christ, it takes care of all those things. Right? It, it, blood of Christ takes care of all of those ceremonial things. You know, we're, we're clean. We can boldly approach the throne of God. Even if we sin in something morally, we can boldly approach God and receive forgiveness. Because the blood of Christ, it's taken care of all those things for us. Thank, thank God for that. We still have access to God through Jesus Christ. But here's what you've got to understand. As a Christian, I can defile myself, though, when I knowingly sin against God. Okay, I am defiled when I go against my conscience. Now, let me show you a few New Testament verses, Pauline epistle verses, showing that we can be defiled. Okay, look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 4. It says, As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and there is none other God but one. You know, I don't get freaked out when I see idols because they can't do anything. Now, I think they're bad because we're not supposed to make them. I think they're bad because they defile other people because there are some people in some religions that do believe in them. Some of you might struggle with a little bit because maybe you came from an idolatrous background. Maybe you used to pray to those things. And, you know, and so it, it might violate your conscience for me. You know, I see a hunk of wood and stone and don't really care. You know, but it's different for different people. But he says, for there... For though there be that are called gods, whether heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Howbeit, there is not in every man that knowledge. Not everybody knows what we know. We don't just believe there's one God. We know that there's one God. 
So, you know, if somebody pronounces a curse from on me through Allah, I'm not going to lose any sleep that night. I'm not worried about that. You know, I, okay, fine. You know, curse away. It's not, it's not going to do anything to me. I know that. But you know what? It might freak somebody else out. You know, it might have some kind of effect on somebody else. Else, and so it says, "But me commendeth us not, for God is uh, us to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak." So some people who are even saved, they might be ignorant about certain things. They might be ignorant about certain commandments. They've never been taught the truth, and they might do things even that we know they shouldn't do and and yet they will not be defiled because they just don't know any better okay they don't have any knowledge of that sin and where where we do know so i do believe there are some things that other people are doing it and god is not near as mad at them as he would be if i did it because i know better okay? and just, and it's the same thing so different things affect us in different ways you know, meat sacrifice to idols, that's going to affect one person who maybe thinks it's something special where meat is not going to do anything. But then there's other things that we probably shouldn't be doing that won't affect somebody else, but it would affect me because I know better and it would violate my conscience. Okay, so for example, just, you know, these are some things, and these are things too that Baptists we like to preach on, but I think it's very possible that other people are not necessarily defiled when they do it, but I would be defiled if I did it. For example, some of the music people listen to. You know, there's some people they just don't know any better. Some people they haven't been taught about the negative effects of certain types of music and things. They just, they don't know any better. They've not been taught. You know what? I know better. If I was to go and on purpose get that music and listen to it, you know what? Uh, I think I'd be in trouble with God. I would be defiled. You know, and and at the same time, too, you know, I'm the kind of person, too, I notice music, I learn songs quick, but, you know, like, you know, there's some places, you know, when you go into Walmart or something, I don't like the music they play over the speakers. I don't feel like I'm sinning when I hear that, you know, I can't help it, I'm not choosing to listen to that, but I do think it would be a sin if I went to my radio and I turned that on on purpose. And, you know, I, you know, I've never listened to that junk on purpose, you know, I, and, and I'm I'm embarrassed actually by how many bad songs I do know, just because they play the same junk everywhere you go. I mean, it just irritates. When I work at the distribution center, they they just play the same trash over and over and over again. And then you know you, you go and you turn the radio on, and then you hear that song. It's like <laughs> you know you just you get angry, and then you go into the store and you hear that song. You're sitting in the restaurant and you hear these same songs that are just so dumb. And don't get me going on music, but you know what? I don't believe I'm defiled. I don't believe God's upset with me when I'm doing that. But I do believe I would be if I'm listening to that stuff on purpose. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Maybe even the clothes people wear. There's some people, they're just doing what everybody's doing. Now, we know what the Bible says about modesty, don't we? We know that we're supposed to keep ourselves covered. We know that men should dress like men and ladies should dress like ladies. We, we all know that stuff. We understand these things. But did you know there's a lot of people out there that are wearing what they wear just basically to fit in? They think that's just how you're supposed to dress because that's what everybody's doing. And I don't think God's looking at these people and be like, you know what? 
you know, I, I know she's wearing a skirt, but that's one inch past the dress code. And you know what? Defiled. You know, they don't know any better. Now, does it make it okay? Does it make immodesty right? No, these things are still wrong. But understand, these people aren't violating their conscience when they do these things. They don't know any better. But you know what? You and I, if we do it, it's a different story. We do know better. We understand that our bodies are the temple of God. We've been taught the truth. We know what the Bible says about these things. And so if we were to go and do them, you know what? It would hurt our conscience. And it would I believe we would defile ourselves. You know, maybe... Even some of the churches, you know, yeah we're, yeah, we're fundamental Baptists. We're very opinionated about everything. You know, the way we do church is the way everybody should do church, right? And you know what? And everybody that doesn't do it like we do it, you know, they're compromising liberals. You know, we got all kinds of names for everybody, don't we? I, I, I know how it is in the IFB world. But, you know, did you know that it's possible that many people go into a lot of churches that don't do everything as perfect as we do are doing the best they can and just don't know any better? They have, again, they haven't been taught the things that we've been taught. They, they, they don't know. They're in a church and, you know, maybe the pastor's not reading, you know, using the right Bible, but in their minds, it's the Bible. They haven't been taught about translation and inspiration and all that stuff. And, you know, and you might see them, you might go to their house and they're carrying some weird version of a Bible. And you know what? They don't know any better. They haven't been taught. I don't believe these people are defiled with those things, but you know what? I think I would be defiled. You know, all of you in here, if I got up and I was like, you know what? We're dumping the KJV only position and we're going to start using NIV here. A lot of you in here would be really freaked out. And you'd either throw me out, which is what you should do, or you'd leave. You know why? Because you couldn't sit and listen to that. You know why? Because you know better. You know better and, and you would feel defiled. And, you, and you'd be going against your conscience if you were to put up with that. But it doesn't mean everybody else out there is. Okay, So you need to keep that in mind. So if a person is saved, you know, the Holy Spirit over time, it will convict them. It will show, you know, it will show them the way of truth when they're doing wrong. Often where we get out of line is when we try to do the Holy Spirit's job for them. And again, God's timing is not our timing. Again, with the, with the building thing, I am so glad God didn't follow our plan. His was way better than our plan. And you know what? When it comes to other people's lives, God's plan for them, God's way of getting them to where he wants them to be is better than our way. And we need to just sometimes just trust, let the Holy Spirit deal with them. You let the Holy Spirit deal with you. And you know what? If you let the Holy Spirit deal with you, maybe the Holy Spirit would use you in a good way to deal with them without you even opening your mouth. And so we need to take these things into consideration and do that. So there are definitely certain sins that even the New Testament say defile us. But here's the thing. I think these are things that everyone knows is wrong. Okay. First Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God. That's talking about your body. God... Him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So it makes it sound like there it's pretty clear that we can defile this temple, doesn't it? It says in 1 Corinthians 6.15, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not 
that he which is joined unto an harlot is one body, for two saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your spirit, which are God's. So folks, these things, there, there are sins that are against our, whole, our own body, but fornication, everybody knows that's wrong. Okay? Everybody knows that's wrong. It's, and so again, it's not so much a ceremonial thing that, okay, you've committed that physical act, you are now defiled. No, you knew what you were doing was wrong when you did that. And that's why you're defiled. It's the disobedience. And, and so there are, there are some things that a lot of people, they just don't know any better. But there's some things everybody knows. For example, murdering somebody. You know, I'm sorry, you go and you strangle somebody, you defile yourself. But is, is, the, is the defiling because of the fact that these hands have now committed murder? Or is it just because your heart was so wicked and you're so evil that you just went and against God and against your own conscience, you went and just choked the life out of another human being. Y'all see the difference? It's not so much about the physical. It's about the spiritual. It's about what's in the heart. It's about going and doing something that you know you shouldn't do. That defiles us. When we do that, it makes you a worse person every time you go and you, on purpose, you disobey God. That is a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. Also notice what it says in Hebrews, okay? When we do things that we know are wrong, okay? It says in Hebrews 12, 14, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. So notice again, many can be defiled here, but why is that? It's when that root of bitterness springs up in you. Okay, it's when you do things that you know are wrong. And you know what? Even our uh, the unsaved world, there's things that they do that they know are wrong. You know, they know when they're stealing, they're defiling themselves. You know why? Because they're going against their own conscience. When they steal, when they commit adultery, when they kill, these things are defiling them. Now again, thank God the blood of Christ can cleanse us of those things, but we've got to go to Christ for cleansing, don't we? But Again, doing things on purpose, sinning willfully. These things defile us. And I believe that's why, you know, many people are nervous is we're wondering, are we going to be asked to do some things that we know are wrong that the rest of the world thinks is just fine? Are we going to be asked to go against our conscience? And, you know, and so, a good way to kind of illustrate to something going against your conscience or being defiled, it's kind of like when you decide you're going to cut, cut something out of your diet, okay? The longer you go without something, the more you feel defiled when you go back on, okay? You know, there's some people out there, and I've been there before, where, you know, you decide you're not going to file yourself with caffeine or something, okay? Who's ever gone on a caffeine cleanse, all right? I've done that a few times before. It's stupid, but I've done it many times. You know, and, and then, you know, but... It's like after you go so long, you know, you get to this point where it's like, man, I really don't want to drink because, you know, going, you know, 60 days, I think is my record. Or, no, I, th I think it was 75 last year. I think it was like 75 days last year. No caffeine, no soda, no sugary drinks. That was stupid. I don't know why I did that. But, uh, but 
the thing is, you know, after I, once I defiled myself and I fell off the wagon, the next day I was doing it again. You know why? Because there's something about going that long time and just knowing you're kind of cleansed from these things and, and you do, and you do, you feel defiled, don't you? And I know that's, you know, not necessarily, I'm not saying you're sinning if you do some of these things, but you all have been there before where you want to go a long time without doing something and you do it, it causes you to feel defiled when you finally do it. So once you've done it, you just kind of lose your motivation. And so here's what we need to do, okay? Because And this is why I'm preaching this message today. I do believe challenges are coming. The world's not moving in a better direction. We're probably all going to be faced with choices where we need to determine ahead of time that we're not going to be defiled, meaning we're not going to allow anyone to make us do things that we know are wrong. And, and, so, and, I'm, and I'm not, I just, I'm just going to give you these three things. I'm not preaching another message here. But here's what, here's what we need to do, all right? While you're thinking about what to do, okay? And I'm not going to tell everybody what to do. I'm not going to tell everybody what to die for. But let me tell you this. You know what? Don't purpose to die for foolish causes, okay? Don't, don't purpose to die for foolish causes. You know, don't, don't die. You know, I mean, listen, I think, I, you know, I'm always thankful for patriots and people who stand up for things even stronger than I do. But, you know, just be careful not to pronounce that you're going to do something and then turn around and not do it. It, look, look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Right? Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Let me show you this passage before you get going crazy and just declaring all these things you're never going to do. It says, keep thy, uh, chapter 5 verse 1, Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven and now upon the earth, therefore let thy words be you. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he that hath no for he hath no pleasure in fools, pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldst not vow, than thou shouldst vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the work? Of thine hands. So, what, you know, once we've de- de- pronounced and we've promised God we're not going to do something, we better not do it. And you know, we've got to make sure, you know, we don't purpose to die for foolish causes. Now, listen, I am about as anti-vax as you can get. You know, I'm, I'm not convinced that it's healthy. I am convinced they don't have the right to force things like that on us. But you know, when it comes to all the medical reasons, I don't really know. But here's the thing: I know getting killed is more unhealthy than a vaccination. And so, you know, I'm not going to die for that, okay? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, and I shouldn't say that online. I don't want the powers that be to know, all right? I want them to think they're going to have to kill me first. But, you know, that's me. Now, you might want to die. You, you, some of you in here, you might lay down your life before you let them do that. I mean, you know, I'll respect that. But, you know, if you're going to determine to do that, you better make sure you follow through with it. Okay, other, and if you're just going to declare that, and like, I'll, I'll die before I let them do that, and then all of a sudden, a little while later, they're like, well, you know what, we're going to fire you from your job if you don't get the vaccination, then you're rolling up your sleeve. And it's like, wait, I thought you were going to die first. You wouldn't even lose your job for it. You know what you did? You made the sacrifice of fools. Listen, if it would violate your conscience that much, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but, you know, 
said, if it's the mark of the beast, that's another story. All right. You know, you know, we've been told, you know, to, to die, die over that. But if it's that, you know, just be careful about those things you say. Don't purpose to die for foolish causes. You know, there's, there's, I think there's dumb stuff people have died for. You know, you, you need to determine what you're willing to die for. And you know what? It might not be the same problem. Okay. I brought that up and I hope it didn't offend anybody because maybe you would die. But understand, you know, my conscience isn't telling me to die for that. Okay. It'll tell me to fight for it. It'll tell me to give the government a whole bunch of trouble, you know, but at the same time, you know, there, there's a line somewhere, you know, make sure you understand the stand that you are taking. Hey, don't just go copying somebody else who made a big proclamation and I stand with them. And I'm going to do what they do. No, you need to understand the stand you're taking. You need to understand the position that you hold and what you're fighting for. A lot of people, they don't understand the cause. People get caught up in causes and things all the time that they just don't even understand. You know, don't do that. Hey, under, you need to understand what you're committing to and what you're involved in and actually have some knowledge. And otherwise, again, you're going to be making a sacrifice of fools and declaring bad things. And, and then finally, just follow through on what you've determined to do. Okay, you need to think these things out. And, you know, Daniel, he knew, hey, this could get me killed. But you know what? I'm going to do it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they knew this is probably going to get me killed. But I'm going to do it. And, you know, we love the stories where the people didn't get killed when God came through for them. But we also read about Hebrew in the book of Hebrews about people of whom the world's not worthy that didn't accept deliverance and died so they could have a better resurrection. You know, we might not all get the happy ending, earthly speaking. It'll be a happy ending once we, when we rise from the dead. But in the meantime, we understand it might not work out that way. So we've just got to determine these things. We've got to purpose some things in our heart. And as we are in a time of transition in our country, this is a time, I think it should be a time of renewal where you do, you search your heart and you ask yourself, hey, where do I stand on these things? What do I believe? And don't let them, don't let people cause you to go against your conscience. Okay. And that, that is, that's going to be different for some people. Some, some of you in here, you know, you know, there are, you know, you, you have stronger stands than I do on some of these things they're pushing. You know what? I, I respect that. You know, I support that. But not everybody else might have be as hardcore on that as you are. So at the end of the day, you're responsible for you. It might not be violating their conscience where it would yours. If it violates your conscience, you'd be sinning in doing it. But not necessarily everybody else is. And when it comes down to things like this, we all got to just remember who we're in charge of, and that's us. We got to always keep that in mind. So men like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they saw God do some amazing things. And it wasn't because they went into these situations half-heartedly. They knew what was right and they were ready to die for it. And you know what? God delivered them. And God's not required to give us physical deliverance. So just make sure you understand that. Some people think I'm going to do right because, you know, God got, took care of Daniel. God took care of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, the thing is, y'all understand those guys were faithful all the way up until their death sentences were being carried out. They literally got thrown in the fiery furnace. They literally got thrown into a lion's den, and yet God still delivered them. As soon as we just get something pronounced on us, I give up. You know, we'll go, we'll do like some preachers where we get up, come and arrest me. I'm not scared of jail. 
And then the government puts a letter on the door saying, we're going to fine you. All right, we're shutting down again. <laughs> we all saw that. <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to do that. You know, and so that's why we always got to be careful what we declare. Otherwise, we're going to, uh, we're going to end up causing ourselves to sin. And you know, I got enough working against me. I don't need, I don't need to go making myself do more sin just because I ran my mouth too much. You know, and I, that would save us all a lot of problems. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we thank you for the examples that we have in it. And I pray you'll help us to follow the examples of men like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and help us to purpose in our heart, Lord, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. And, and Lord, I, I know you'll be with us. Uh, Lord, no matter what happens during these next years, you'll be there. But I pray you'll help us to uh, use wisdom in what we do and help us to uh, do what we can to get closer to you and help us not to worry about what everyone else is doing, but just help us to make sure we do the right things in our own hearts and our own lives. In your name we pray. Amen.